0: Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan features two radio professionals with over a hundred years of broadcasting experience between them. Dave Hogan and Randy Houston are both native Western North Carolinians whose rich voices have been heard in every glade, cove, and holler of Western North Carolina and East Tennessee, primarily on AM radio. And between the two of them, they've worked in just about every radio format. As you can imagine, these guys have tons of stories about the day-to-day of live radio and the interactions they've had with listeners and entertainers while they were immersed in, at the time, one of the most influential and informative mediums available. Those experiences will be featured in this podcast series. Check the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts with Randy and Dave on Hot Mic with Houston and Hogan. Welcome to another episode of Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. I'm
1: Randy Houston. And I'm Dave Hogan. A big and howdy to everybody. Hope you're feeling good on this nice day. And every day is a nice day if you set your mind. Abraham Lincoln said a man or woman can be just as happy or sad as they want to be. It's up to us. So yeah. I try to I try to make every day a nice day. How about you?
0: Absolutely, and happy New Year to you, Dave, and to uh, our listeners and folks that we've come across in the past many years of our years in broadcasting and in radio. And uh, that's kind of one of the th- well, it is what we want to talk with you about today.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about small town radio and some of the uh, some of the things. Now, when I say small town. I'm not talking about Asheville or Johnson City or Kingsport or Bristol. We're talking about Murphy, Franklin, Marshall, Burnsville, West Jefferson, really small towns. But Randy, before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about something else. Okay. You got the mic, man. You know, I love to read biographies, and I want you to look. This is the biography. If I I sound like my tailgate's a dragon on this broadcast, (laughs) I don't know when people are going to be listening to it, but we're recording this in the early afternoon, and I slept until 9.35 this morning.
0: That's a a retired (laughs) morning guy saying that, yes.
1: Now, The reason is because, you know, my favorite kind of reading is biography, and I want you to look at the bio, the biography I'm reading right now that I read till about 2 o'clock this morning is the reason I slept (laughs) till 9.35. So this is the biography I'm currently reading.
0: Jonathan, John
1: Newton, right? John Newton. Tell me about John Newton. The book is called From Disgrace to Amazing Grace. John Newton is the man who wrote Amazing, Amazing Grace. Grace. Okay. This is one of the most fascinating stories. If we have listeners who like to read, and I'm sure we do, get this biography either at your library or online. I have it on my uh, tablet. It's called From Disgrace to Amazing Grace. And it's the story of of John Newton by Jonathan Aitken. And uh, the disgrace is the fact that John Newton was, I guess we would use the term scoundrel. Oh, really? Oh, man. He was involved in the slave trade, and he was the captain of several slave ships, ships. bringing African Americans— to the new world, as they called it. right, The United States, what's now the United States, as well as uh, some of the Caribbean countries. So he was, uh, and and he was, uh, you know, he was a, a, a rounder, as we'd say, in a lot of ways. And then he survived a terrible storm, almost died, and started turning his life around. And his conversion to Christianity was not, uh, instant it was over a matter of in fact several years from the time he felt like he needed to change his life until he did and it's an amazing read because when he started uh preaching there in England, of course, the established church was the Church of England, the Anglican Church which is still, of course, in existence and the Church of England. And John Newton was not allowed to be what we would call a pastor or a rector in the Church of England because he did not have the academic credentials to be ordained in the Church of England. Well, you know what he did, John Newton? He started preaching when he felt the call to, to minister, He started preaching at Presbyterian churches, Baptist churches, Moravian churches, Quaker churches, just anywhere that he could get an audience. And his story was so compelling. And the only only comparison I could think of as I read this is Billy Graham. He was so compelling in his ministry that he started attracting all these uh, people from all walks of life to come to wherever he was preaching and he made the acquaintance of and i can't remember the actual name of the duke of dartmouth dartmouth college mm-hmm. in new hampshire mm-hmm. was named in his honor but he was a wealthy uh highly high-standard uh, high-standing person in england and he he and many other uh people Uh, of stature in england started going to services conducted by john John newton Newton. so he finally was ordained as a minister and he pastored a small church in Olney, england and if that name (coughs) Olney rings a bell with some people that's where they have the famous pancake race that's that's where the pancake race started (laughs) okay and supposedly this lady was flipping a pancake and she heard the church bell ring at the church pastored by john newton and started running to the church to uh, make it on time and still had the frying pan <laughs> flipping pancakes that's the legend anyway okay and so to this day they have that pancake race in only england but let me make the long story short during his ministry he also wrote hymns and he wrote Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace is a song everybody knows, everybody can sing. Not just in the United States, but all around the world. And he wrote Amazing Grace, but it was not a big song in uh, England. Uh, they put together a uh, he and uh, another member of his congregation, uh, who also wrote songs. They put together the hymn, all the only O-L-N-E-Y, only hymns and it became a very famous songbook in England but amazing grace was not uh, not that popular until somehow the song made its way to the United States during the colonial times before the uh, revolution and the m- melody that we use today for amazing grace John Newton did not put melodies to his songs, and Amazing Grace was sung to a number of different melodies in England. But in the United States, uh, a songbook was put together, and I don't recall, I apologize, I don't recall the person's name who put the songbook together, called Southern Hymns, and it included Amazing Grace and he used the melody of a, an instrumental from the Appalachian Mountains brought over from Scotland called New Britain was the name of the, <clears throat> the song. And New Britain melody is what we use today for,
0: amazing, for grace.
1: amazing Grace. And Amazing Grace is one of the few songs, think about this, one of the very few songs that can be sung either as a uh, happy celebratory song or a sad song. It can be sung at funerals. It can be sung at sad occasions. Remember President Obama in Charleston, South Carolina, at the black church? Right. And when he was doing a uh, a eulogy, broke into singing Amazing Grace at that very sad occasion. Amazing Grace was sung after the attack on 9-11 by just about every congregation in America, a, in a sad occasion. But on the other hand, it can be used at weddings and uh, celebrations of all sorts. So if you have an inclination to learn about this man, a fascinating man uh, named John Newton, pick up that book at your library and read it or buy it or get it online, and you'll be amazed at the story.
0: There's a, uh, a soloist on the uh, Gaither Homecoming videos uh, who tells a story also about where John Newton got the inspiration to write that song, that it was... The sounds of the slaves coming from the belly of the ship mm. that gave him that inspiration, and, and it, that it is the it is one of the very very few songs that can be played on all black keys on the keyboard,
1: and uh, our uh, the the black population uh, in slavery in the United States uh, was instrumental in the popularity. Of the song "Amazing Grace," uh, it was a song that was sung uh, originally uh, to a great degree by slaves. Well, we have- John Newton. By the way, one more one more point. Okay, the church he pastored originally. He, he later on pastored in uh, in London, but the small church was in a very poor town. He tried to make his sermons simple, understandable by everybody, and he applied that to the songs he wrote. Amazing Grace, the original version, has 145 words, 126 of the 145 words, one syllable. Wow. Think about that. That's 145 words. Try to write 145 words down. That are one syllable. And 126 out of the 145 are one syllable, and that's the the case with Amazing Grace.
0: And to tell the story that Amazing Grace
1: tells. How sweet the sound. Oh, by the way, and I keep talking about Amazing Grace, and I guess because if it wasn't for grace, I'd be in a pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't we all? It is amazing. I would be in a pickle uh, even worse, even worse than a pickle, but... uh, Thank God for amazing grace. But the verse that we that that I think touches many of us is uh, when we've been there ten thousand years, remember that line in Broad the Bright
0: Shining as the Star. Bright
1: shining as the sun. That was not written by John Newton. That was written by the lady who wrote uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. You there know, he the, is. the book. Yeah. Uncle Tom's Cabin right, was written by, help me, Randy. I, Her, it's not written by Harriet Stover. Uh, bu, 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 uh, I can look it up real quick here. While you talk about small town radio, which was going to be the subject of this, we probably need to save that subject for <laughs> another show. Because yeah, we started talking about Amazing Grace, which has been on my mind. As a result of reading this, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe. Harriet
0: Beecher Stowe. What did I say? Harriet assume? Beecher yeah. Stowe, yeah.
1: who uh, whose brother was a songwriter, but she wrote that verse. Uh, bright, shining when the 10, years, <clears throat>
0: bright shining as the sun. We've been there
1: 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun. We've no
0: less days to shed the, yeah.
1: We've no less days to, to sing, sing God's, God's praise, praise than when, when we, we first began. begun. Yeah. We love that verse, and we sing that verse when we sing Amazing Grace. And there's
0: a third verse to that song that we don't often exactly. sing in mm, church. When Exactly.
1: Yeah. And uh, Abraham Lincoln met Harriet Beecher Stowe, who authored Uncle Tom's Cabin. And if you haven't read Uncle Tom's Cabin, one of the things I've done in retirement, Randy, is go back and try to read some of the classics. Yeah. That I, I that I the never Jewish, read before. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Tom's Cabin is one of them that I read recently, and uh, the this, this story was a great influence in the emancipation movement in the United States, the abolition of slavery, and Abraham Lincoln met Harriet Beecher Stowe and said, "You're the you're the lady that started this war," <laughs> referring to the Civil War, right. You think we ought to save the small town radio
0: yeah, I do, Cause, uh, for another uh,
1: we're, podcast? Yeah, we're... Uh, we, we, this, we, I mean, we're I the, can talk all day about Amazing Grace. We'll just title this one, <laughs> in,
0: Dave's Love of Amazing Grace, and Randy's too. Uh,
1: and as I said, I'd be in a pickle if it weren't for grace, and it, I think a lot of us would.
0: Uh, I can't agree more, and uh, I pick up that old guitar every now and then, and uh, the very first... Tune that you learn to play amazing grace
1: and I love it's that sung song. in every congregation yeah. it doesn't matter the denomination it's the universal hymn sung in baptist uh, i think you and i both grew up uh, in baptist churches right uh but it's sung in every denomination including catholic uh churches everybody knows and sings amazing grace and from all surveys that have been made amazing grace comes up as the most sung most popular song ever written
0: ever ever of all songs of
1: all songs
0: that's a bunch of songs
1: now think about this you know you and I worked at WISE in Asheville right during the 1990s that decade of the 90s right and you know one of the songs that was popular and played a lot we 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 called it songs from the great american songbook right judy collins recording amazing grace of amazing grace yes it was a big pop hit of course can you imagine a song that
0: i forgot about that
1: that 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 appeals to every yeah person every genre of music yeah but Judy Collins, I believe it was a cappella, wasn't it? It was. It yeah. was a like,
0: I was about to bring that up, and it was a hit on the contemporary charts in the seventies. We were playing it in the nineties as a recurrent. hit. exactly. uh, uh I forgot about that, Dave. You got you got such a great memory. Well, thank you for bringing us. You know, you just witnessed uh, really live radio. We had no. We had two topics picked out. We were going to do two podcasts today, and we had two topics picked out and this was neither one of those <laughs> we just turned on the mic started talking and that's exactly what we do what we have done for a long long time around uh, am primarily am radio stations around western north carolina and eastern tennessee and we get together about once a month and go have lunch and tell radio stories and got to figure it out we need to put this on recording some of our Kids one of these days or grandkids or something might want to say, hey, who was that crazy guy? <laughs> Hot Mike with Houston. And and the thing,
1: the th- one more point before you sign off. People ask me since I retired from uh, doing a radio show after over 50 years, do you miss radio? And the one thing I miss most of all is sharing stories with people like the story we just told about Amazing Grace. Yeah. When I read a book or I see something out here when I'm traveling, I want to share it with people. Yeah. And I think, boy, I'm going to talk about that on the radio tomorrow morning. And then I realize I'm retired and I don't have any place to talk about it except with Randy Houston on Hot Mic with Houston and Hogan.
0: Come back next time and we'll talk about some of those small radio station days on Hot Mike. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to click the subscribe button for another episode of Hot Mike with Randy Houston and Dave Hogan.